0: Hang on a minute. What are we even talking about today? Oh, honey, we're giving the people what they want. Welcome to episode number 13, Wolfpack. This is a very special episode because 13 is a special number to... One of your hosts, Camille, a.k.a. me, I was born at 1313 on the 13th. Of March, which is also a three, which is also a three, but this is going to be a really exciting episode. We are going to talk about mantras that changed our lives today, followed by a couple of blowjob tips. We're going to be giving blowjobs today and into you will the microphone. Listen. I'm going to be blowjobbing the microphone. <laughs> blowjobbing. Yeah, so welcome back to episode 13. You are with your host, Lauren and Camille, aka. At she wolf Lauren and at Camille Missbach, welcome back, welcome back! Ow ow ow! Yee-haw. Yeehaw! So as always, do not forget to follow us on Instagram at the Den Mothers. That's where we post updates for episodes and anything you missed for the week, along with quotes and some. Pretty freaking epic content. Yep. Other than that, if your podcast streaming say allows for it, please go ahead and rate us the amount of stars you feel we're given, which I think is five. I think we deserve six. Yeah. If you could rate us ten, you should do it, man. And comment. We really appreciate it. Let's get it popping with just a little reminder. I was written into by a listener that – They were really excited to hear Donna's journals, who, if you did not listen to one of our previous episodes, I mentioned that my mom's friend who passed away um, years back wrote in journals. My mom shared them with me. It was extremely moving. It was very important for the time I'm going through in my life, as well as Lauren. So we have not, not read those yet but they will be read on an upcoming episode not all of them but some really wonderful parts so stay tuned we'll post on the instagram when we incorporate donna's journals into an episode yeah i think that's great so make sure you're following us there at the Done mothers pat and mothers. i actually camille has not read me the journals yet so yeah. i we're going to read them live on the podcast i'm yep. really excited about that yes i'm actually at my parents so i'm going to take the journals Read them over again, see which part we should read, and that will be that. On another note, happy freaking Libra season. Man, it's good to be a Libra. Lauren the Libra. I'm almost going to be 29 years old. Can you she believe that? Is 29 and so fine. She's 29 and so fine. <laughs> Wait, I just wanted to say this. Do you remember when I turned 27 and I started panicking because I was like, I'm almost 30? Uh-huh. And you got so upset. You always get upset with me when I'm saying that I'm almost older ages. Yeah. And now, truly, I'm one year away from 30, which is so exciting. Well, let me just say this. It feels like you being 27 was so long ago. I know. I mean, these last two years have been the most jam-packed years of your Uh, life they've been your Saturn return hit you balls deep (laughs) it literally went so balls deep in my body it was crazy it Uh was crazy yeah and so exciting and it's like I feel so alive right now and also just a little bit more serious (laughs) I don't know it's like all I am is serious but also funny I I don't know We laugh harder than we've ever been laughing. That's true. Mm -hmm. It's like during the day-to-day, I'm not making as much of a joke of things. Uh Uh-huh. But when things are funny, they're really funny. Yeah. And I'm really in the moment. I think your go-to for your ego was make jokes, make jokes, be the center of attention. You're more now observing more, too. Right. I'm observing more and then I just penetrate the room with a... (laughs) just simple one liner to knock them dead yeah that's <laughs> my thing now i'm a i'm a strike kind of gal i'm uh, not bowling and bowling and bowling i'm throwing my strike yes. at those pins. Yeah. okay. So, we are in also Mercury retrograde in Libra season, which oh means my God. yeah. What does that it, mean? Basically, you're going to be hit with <laughs> a shit storm. No. You're going to be having pain. No. <laughs> yeah. No, you're so right now communication and processing might seem to be a little bit harder for you and your system. So, right now is really important for these four things: reflect Redefine, rest, rejuvenate. So it's a lot of taking time to process rather than trying to over communicate what you're feeling. So use this season to reflect. And we are going to offer a journal entry um, along with uh, reflection. It's a perfect time to start journaling. I'm not a frequent journaler, but I sometimes actually like to see a prompt and, like, oh, okay, that gets me thinking a little bit. Right. So. What are we offering as a journal prompt for our listeners if you all are interested in journaling through this period of time? Yeah, so one of the things that comes up a lot in coaching, and especially as I go toward this femininity, masculinity style of thinking about life, is the tendency to just overproduce. Like constantly being busy, constantly filling up your time with Mm -hmm. everything. So. The journal entry that we wanted to incorporate is, where in my life am I overexerting? So literally write this down at the top of your journal. Mm -hmm. Where in my life am I overexerting? How can I incorporate more rest? So certain ways that you can incorporate rest are literally putting your phone down an hour before bed. Just Mm -hmm. allowing your brain and your eyes to to be. Going for walks without technology during the day. Mm -hmm. Getting some vitamin D. Taking a bath, extending your shower, sitting down. One of my favorite ways to rest is and if you're in a drought area, this is not good for you. <laughs> but um, sitting down on my shower floor and allowing it to almost just feel like a waterfall. Kind of like hitting me in the face, hitting me in the body. And it just feels really good to just release like that yeah. and to rest. So those are some of my ways. Perfect. Yeah. What about you? How do well, you Well, I've been resting more now than ever. Right. And it's been difficult. It was a difficult transition to allow myself to rest without thinking I was failing. Oh, yeah. So I have been walking every single day. I've been journaling more. I have been sleeping in. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I am extremely privileged right now with the life I am able to live. So I recognize I'm probably getting more rest than a lot of people can get in their life. But I'm also waking up really early compared to usual without an alarm. So I'm just letting my body kind of get back on its own clock and rest in that way. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, we both have had some massive rest Privilege, rest and recovery privilege, yeah, R and yeah. R P, rest and recovery privilege, yeah. So before we jump in, let's give a quick week update. That fun. Where we're going, man. Okay, my week was a lot of moving and decision making. Really, like mm-hmm. I can't believe it's been a whole week since we put out a la- our last episode because I kind of was just living. I had a, quite a few clients this week, and we moved Shane out of his La Jolla place. Yes. Officially, and all of his stuff into a storage unit. So we are now officially on the road indefinitely. Like we're spending a month in Big Bear. I have a retreat in the middle of October, and then we're heading to Austin for a month, mm-hmm. and then Florida. And after Florida, we have absolutely no plans. Like we might go to New York for a little bit. We might go to Greece for a little bit. Costa Rica. We're we honestly don't know. So my week has been packing for the unknown. Like boom, oh. fall stuff, summer stuff. I don't know, scuba diving. I feel like that's really good. It's really good and fun. And I had coffee today and yesterday. So man, okay, that's great. My week How has are you? been staying up in Temecula at my parents. Oh yeah, me too. And I had a spurt of energetic bliss <gasps> where I decided to create, start creating my blog. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I am, I'm officially, well, not officially, just when I'm called to it, I'm working on some projects on the side. Which is so exciting because Camille Mm. is going to be the most amazing coach and, like, the most amazing writer. Mm -hmm. Whatever you put into the world, you're just so good at stuff. Thank you. Camille has what we would call the Midas touch. (laughs) Bianca has it too. But it's like everything that you touch turns to gold. Like, you're just good at everything. (gasps) Thank you, So you pick up a paintbrush and you paint a mural. Yes. You want to know what I do when I pick up a paintbrush? You just do a little different. Art. I do abstract art. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I yeah. express
0: my feelings through the strokes. I express my feelings through detail. Yeah. And uh-huh. really being good at everything. Yeah. Oh, and I started therapy this week. Yes. How'd it go? My first session was great. It was an hour of basically just building trust with my therapist. I really loved her. So I am going to be doing cognitive therapy coupled with EMDR therapy It's a different form where they can do either tapping on your body, you hold these little sensors, you follow their fingers with your eye, and you sort of go back in time and make peace with things that had happened during trauma. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm so excited about it. So I already have my next session, and yeah. That's great. Yep. I really, for those of you listening, if you have, I mean, I think we talked about this in the last episode a little bit too, but... I did EMDR years ago Mm -hmm. after just a couple of hard relationships and needing to like go back and trace some things in my childhood. And it was really helpful for me, Mm -hmm. really helpful. So if you are struggling with things, especially like inner child work or times when you feel like you weren't heard, your voice may have been taken away, that kind of thing. EMDR is just a really wonderful Thing because you go back and heal the relationship with yourself at that time. So it helps yeah. you to release shame, guilt. It helps you reclaim your voice. Mm-hmm. It helps you soothe the person that was experiencing the trauma. Yes. Because that person, of course, is you. Yeah. Like, it still lives in your body. And so mm-hmm. you're able to release a lot of that trauma bond. Yeah. That you have. as a with, trauma bond. That you have with a former you. Yes. And also, it helps you reconnect with things that you may have done at the time Mm -hmm. that you stopped doing after a traumatic experience so I'm working through some stuff like that and I will happily share when I feel healed from my experience which I feel like I'm getting pretty close like even before therapy it feels really good so I I'm really excited for that well I actually one more thing to say that I think is important in, in the moment is that You actually went to therapy and had a really bad experience like two years ago, right? Yes, it was about three years ago. Okay, so about three years ago you went to therapy and it... It deterred me. Deterred you Mm -hmm. from going back, and I've heard this sentiment so many times: is that Mm -hmm. people will go to a therapist, and it's like re-traumatizing for them, and they don't. It's not a good fit, and so something that Deidre said to you, remember, is like, don't be discouraged if you need to go to a couple of people before you find a therapist that's right for you. Yeah. So I want to offer that to the Wolfpack too. That's the same thing for coaches. That's the same thing for Mm -hmm. therapists. That's the same thing. Like, make sure that when you're trusting your heart and when you're trusting your vulnerability and your pain with someone, that it's a good energetic match for you, that it feels good. And remember, you are your biggest advocate. So, if something doesn't feel right in the moment, if something's like, oh no, I don't want to like talk all about my trauma again, like, I don't want to resurface that don't yeah like there's a lot of evidence right now that's showing that actually speaking about your trauma before you're ready can just re-traumatize you Mm -hmm. so if you're going to a therapist where that's something that comes out in like the first session that might not be a good fit yeah I mean just to give the wolf pack a little more detail about what happened to me without triggering anyone I'm not going to speak about any of my experiences but my first session with my therapist, they had me describe in detail my traumatic experience. And looking back at that, I also wasn't in a place where I was able to set boundaries because I had no trust with her. I was not comfortable with talking about my experience, but I did because I felt like, okay, I have to trust the therapist Mm -hmm. and thinking back to that I actually stopped after my second session with the person was like okay I talked about it I'm fine I'm healed right and it kind of re-sparked the trauma within me and I it made me push it further and further away so I recognize that now so it is very important to speak your truth and try again you have the choice so keep Making the call. It's a pain in the ass to find a therapist. It is. It's so shitty. It is. But there are many sources right now and Mm -hmm. many ways, even without insurance, that can be covered. So, yeah. I mean, just keep trying. I really encourage people to keep trying. Yeah, I do too. Okay. So, I think we should roll this into our next section, which is talking about our mantras and how they've changed our lives. So, we were having a conversation last night with Shane and we... We're both reflecting on these sayings we've repeated to ourselves in order to help basically decrease negative self-talk. So I will have Lauren start explaining hers, what it means to her, and how it changed her life. Okay, a couple of things here. I'm actually going to like take out a notepad so that I can stay linear on this. Because... <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, is that we have something that's happening all the time going on in our head called... Self talk or inner dialogue. Mm-hmm. Basically, when I was teaching communication, this is called intrapersonal communication, intra inside of you. And then you have interpersonal communication, which is communication with other people. And one of the most important conversations. Okay, scratch that. The most important conversation you will ever have is with yourself because mm-hmm. we're having conversations and it's never just one, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking right now on the podcast, but I have so many things running through my mind right now. It's unbelievable. Yep. The, the, the ability for my brain to just create conversation is, is pretty amazing. Yeah. And so one of the first things on my healing journey that I started to notice was these conversations i was having with myself that were really harmful so for me one of them was you're not a hard worker so mm-hmm. i was struggling for years to feel in like super passionate about something so mm-hmm. i'd go from thing to thing i mean literally yoga teacher certification doula Physical training. Um, Physical training. I have my real estate license, property management, like I, professor, like I was all over the place. I could not get it together Mm -hmm. or like in air quotes, could not get it together. Yeah. Because it didn't look like what other people's journey did. Yeah. But I'm going to come back to that, to my narrative of I'm not a hard worker, but changing your inner dialogue is different from changing negative to positive. Mm. So this isn't like, okay, you're saying, I'm ugly. Let's just use that one. I'm ugly, I'm ugly, I'm ugly. It isn't saying like, but it's okay. Like, I'm ugly, but it's okay. Like, it's okay. <sighs> yeah. Or like, uh, no, you're you're pretty and like, you're going to feel good. It's not that. It isn't this like toxic positivity of changing yes. everything harmful in your life to something positive. Mm-hmm. What this is, is rewriting your narrative So that it actually transforms the meaning that you're saying to yourself. Okay. So it isn't just like I'm turning negative to positive. It's that I'm turning something that's negative into something that's truth. Yes. So negative to something that's truth instead of living your life based on perception or based on like how other people are perceiving you. So for example... I noticed, and this is what I'm going to encourage the Wolfpack to do as well, is to notice the narratives that you're saying to yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. So for me, the one that was the most pervasive, because I had already worked through my negative like body image stuff and all of that, was you're not a hard worker. You're never going to make money, mm-hmm. basically. like that, that literally was on my mind all the time, yeah, all the time. I'd wake up in the morning if I didn't brush my teeth exactly at 7 30, I'd be like, Great, you're just you're off your schedule, you're, you're, not off a your hard schedule. you're not a hard worker, you can't stick to anything. And so, I noticed that I was doing that and took a moment to say, Where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. And that's what you need to ask yourself, too. Where did this narrative begin? For me, it began after grad school mm-hmm. because I didn't have structure, right? So, I have this like entrepreneurial spirit. But I really struggle with structure. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm like, oh, it was this partner that I had or this person that I had or this family member that I had that was kind of harping on me. Mm -hmm. So once I realized that, then I literally switched my narrative and it doesn't have anything to do, right, with you're Mm -hmm. not a hard worker. I switched my narrative to just I love you. And what that did for me was so profound Mm -hmm. so every single time I would catch myself being really mean to myself you're not a hard worker you're not on time you can't make it Mm -hmm. to anywhere on time you can't hold your word I would just say to myself I love you and so Mm -hmm. that feeling of love for myself was my ultimate truth Instead of being so panicked about what how other people were perceiving me or how my journey was coming off, I just started saying, I love you. And literally two months later, I started my business mm-hmm. and I have never been so abundant both in fulfillment, like I almost cry thinking about what I do every day, right? Mm-hmm. Like both in fulfillment and in my bank account. Mm-hmm. My schedule works perfectly. I never miss client meetings. Like I'm yeah. I'm working and it feels so good, but... Stepping into "I love you," and Camille has a different one that she's going to share with you that really helped her. But these are really important concepts, like love for yourself. It reigns supreme. Yeah, like it is the ultimate. It is the ultimate. It is the only thing that matters. It is the only thing that matters. So we've said love. it before. Like love, I love is the you. only thing that matters, and it's not just in love for a partner because. You can't love a partner fully until you love yourself fully. So... I don't think you can love your life fully. Yeah. Like, it's so far beyond just a relationship. Mm -hmm. It's like, you cannot feel alive until you love yourself fully. Mm -hmm. Like, the transformation that comes from that is just, you know... It it bums me out a little bit because self love has become such a catchword. Like yeah. it's a very catchy like self love buy my product kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But true self love, and this comes up on almost every episode. Yep. And thank God because we're it's sex self-love so and self love and sex self love and all it is. But truly stepping into I love myself. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I'd be walking around downtown San Diego saying I love you. Mm -hmm. I love you. I love you. I remember doing it in my elevator. Like, really, I remember this change. And it was not long after that my life changed forever. Yeah. So I I encourage this. I love that for you. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, mine is a little bit different. And for me, I don't think it was any negative narrative I had in my head. And I've just started to sort of trace it back because it was sort of my subconscious creating this narrative for myself over time so my mantra late as of late has been I trust you Mm -hmm. talking to myself and I realized I had lost trust in myself because of a traumatic experience and many other things I mean not following your intuition over and over I mean that leads to you not trusting yourself and what it led to for me was me not speaking my truth as often and I almost had turned that into a positive thing of like oh you're just the fun girl like Mm. you're so up for anything all these things and what it really was is I wanted other people to make decisions for me because trusting in my decisions would give me anxiety so I've talked about it before. Making decisions for me has always been a very thought out process. I need a plan. I need all these things. And lately, I haven't been doing that. Mm -hmm. I've been making these decisions quickly because I have recreated the narrative for myself of I trust you. And Michael has said that to me like, honey, I trust you. You need to trust you. Mm-hmm. And it was something that came up for me in my Bufo experience. Like I basically woke up crying, sweating, holding myself, just like, oh my God, it's me. It's me. I trust myself. I trust myself. So that in the past couple of weeks has already been changing my life. I mean, I made a very fast decision to stop doing real estate. I made a decision to not work on anything other than the podcast or aspects of myself that I could release emotion, which is more like exercising and painting. And I've trusted myself to go to therapy. Like all all these decisions is just leading me to fulfillment. And ultimately, it's leading me to my life's purpose. Mm -hmm. So yeah, trust, trust, trust. In myself,
1: that (laughs) That has been very important.
0: Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful because I've been working on kind of like a formula for self love, and the three mantras that I really recommend are I love you, I trust you, I surrender. Mm. I love you, I trust you, I surrender. Mm -hmm. And in surrender, like I think you just explained trust so well because you know that question comes up all the time like how do i make a good decision i can't figure out how to make a decision mm-hmm. and it's like we are so over-logicized i don't yeah, i just made may really hard but like it, our logical it, our logical brain is way overemphasized mm-hmm. in our and that's a part experience. of the, a masculine Yeah, it is. Toxic masculine society. It is. And so one of the ways to tap into those decisions is to honor your intuition and trust yourself Mm -hmm. and then surrender to the fact that you will never make 100% of the decisions perfectly for everyone else. But you can trust and surrender to the fact that you can make 100% of the decisions that are right for you. Yeah, Because no matter what... It'll be a lesson or it'll be fantastic. Like there's always something there. So, And trusting yourself is also trusting yourself that if you fail, you're going to be okay. Right. Like that's what I've been going through because I always had to have all the logistics planned out to make money specifically, Mm -hmm. making money. Yeah. And right now I am trusting myself that I'm going to lead myself to a path of success mm-hmm. instead of just doing 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 i'm just letting myself heal to find my purpose and i want to tell all the other people like that the worst thing that happens when you trust yourself is failure right <laughs> but failure is good failure is growth failure is fear and mm-hmm. we love fear we talk about this all the time yeah. like that can't stop you from following your intuition, and I trust you is trusting your intuition, yeah, and it's the most important thing you can do, yeah, it is. And just realize there's always there's always a way out. Like if you make a decision you don't like, then in that choice, you get to make another decision where you trust yourself. So it's just a series of trusting yourself in your whole throughout your whole life. It is, yeah. and also if you're thinking about a decision and you're like, Oh, man, I'm just really torn, you know, because I really want to do this. But what if but what if that's your that's your moment to trust yourself, mm-hmm. like, whatever your butt ifs are, you put those to the side mm-hmm. and you trust what you're trying to hold yourself back from. Yes, I'm going to put this in other words because mm-hmm. this is just another way to think about it. That because I love so when you good. say this because I know what you're going to say. <laughs> okay, good. It's my favorite thing you say. I think it's so important mm-hmm. when you are trying to make a decision and it's driving you crazy mm-hmm. and you're you can literally the first thing I want you to do is take a moment and honor and notice your body. What is your chest saying? What is your head saying? That's mm-hmm. the first thing. Mm-hmm. Notice it. What is your chest I call this what is your intuition begging you to do? Mm -hmm. It's begging you. So, what is it begging you to do? And then you ask yourself this question What are you talking yourself into, and what are you talking yourself out of? Mm -hmm. Ask yourself that. What are you talking yourself into, and what are you talking yourself out of? Yeah. That's what you need to know. Mm -hmm. Because when you're talking yourself into something, When you're talking yourself into something, it's force. Yes. I'm forcing it. I'm trying to talk myself into it. Okay, I'm going to use a relationship here. Mm -hmm. Should I stay or should I go? Okay? Yep. What are you talking yourself into? And what this can look like is, oh, God, I'm just, I'm so unhappy. But if it could just be like this. But remember that one date when he said that. But I'm already really close with their family. Right. But what are we going to uh-huh. do with the dogs? You're talking yourself into staying. Mm-hmm. And that feels in your body like logic. So notice that. Mm-hmm. Notice where that's coming from. It's not in your heart. It's in your mind. Mm-hmm. Your heart is what you're talking yourself out of. Yeah. So it's, it's the, um, you, all of a sudden that I, I need to break up with this person right. coming into your and you're like, no, but yeah, I know, but stay. I could stay, Ugh. I could, but it's that feeling of go, mm-hmm. go, do it, do it, do it. That That is the message that your heart's giving you mm-hmm. and your mind is like, no, but what about this? But what about this? So, always be asking yourself, what are you talking yourself into? What are you talking yourself out of? And basically, the thing you're talking yourself out of is what we want you to follow. Yes. We want you to lead with your heart. Yeah. Stop over-logicizing. I think you may have that word, I, but I really it. like it. Over-logicizing. Yes. <laughs> Shit. And lead with your heart. And I trust you is leading with your heart. It really is. And we live in a society where people want you to lead with your mind because they want you to make the perfect societal decision, and that's some bullshit. Dude, it is some bullshit, and I can't even tell you, like, I have actually lost friendships, business partnerships, relationships, because I've had the opposite problem, where, like, I I have led with my heart so much. I actually just had a client ask me, the other day, she goes, have you ever considered money in your decisions? And I'm like, no. no. And mine might be irresponsible, like, it would probably give a lot of people an anxiety attack, but it's like, I feel like I cannot shut my intuition up. And if I don't lead with my heart, I will die. Mm -hmm. That's how it feels like Mm -hmm. I will actually suffer and burn and die. And so the problem with that is, or there's no real problem with it, but if you start to live by that, your life does become better. I hate to tell you this. It It will feel fantastic. And people will be trying to out logic every decision that you make. They will Ask you questions, ask you questions, ask you questions and hammer you with logic. Why did you make this decision? What do you mean you left that person? What do you mean Mm -hmm. you stopped this business partnership? And if you just say, man, my heart was just telling me to, like I couldn't get out of it. They will not take you seriously and fuck them. Yeah. Because it is really important to trust yourself. To trust yourself. Yeah. Here is your permission that saying, your answer can be, because I'm following my heart and that is statement enough it's statement to make enough. your decision. And I'm just going to say this, if you're doing decisions based on logic in your brain, it does kill you. It does. Because people are constantly trying to talk themselves into staying in the job, staying in the relationship. And you know what? Your digestion sucks. Yeah. You're not circulating blood at night because you're not sleeping well. Yeah. You're sitting at your desk killing yourself every day. Like, If you are unhappy in those choices, it is killing you because it's leading to stress. You ignoring your heart and just pushing your true feelings down and down actually makes you sick. Yeah. It does. So... It will kill you if you don't lead with your heart. Man, (laughs) it will. I mean, and even if not in your physical body, Mm -hmm. in your energetic, in your emotional body, Mm -hmm. like, we cannot only be considering our bank statements. We cannot. We cannot only be considering, like, oh, no, this is going to be my second divorce. What kind of person am I going to be? Right? Like, we cannot be only considering what other people think our lives should be. I mean, this goes into, and if you haven't listened to our perfectionist episode, I would just tap into that because a lot of time when you're deciding to lead with your mind, it is, at least in my case, so I'll just only speak to my experiences, it was a lot of caring what other people thought because I was a perfectionist. So um, do listen to that episode and do start leading with your heart because it will ultimately, and you know what? If you're leading with, if you lead with your heart it may be harder decisions. Like, yeah, you may struggle a little bit, but that leads to happiness, like Mm -hmm. fear and starting from the bottom and building something and building something so wonderful. Like that's love. Mm -hmm. That is excitement. You know, it's the joy of life. Yeah. It's, it's, it's living in a way that isn't so structured and it, It is fun. You know how when you listen to music, you're like, oh, you can feel it. Like when you listen to like a really good song, Mm -hmm. it's because the artist in that moment was following their fucking heart and you can (laughs) feel it. You can feel it. And you're like, oh my God, that juice of life. There's a reason that people are so obsessed with music and concerts and Mm -hmm. live entertainment like that because it makes you feel so imagine uh-huh. if your life can be like that. Some music is so heartbreaking, and we listen to it again and again and again, even if we're in a good place. Yes, like, God, I've been doing it so I much. listen to heartbreaking music <laughs> so all much. the time, and okay. I it feel it so, feels good. so good. <laughs> <laughs> it feels so yeah. good. So yeah. th- So if you're listening to us right now, number one, we love you. Hi to our Um <laughs> yeah. uh, and number two. Uh, you have such an amazing opportunity right now because you're alive. Mm. You have such an amazing opportunity to honor your heart and to honor mm-hmm. yourself, yeah. whatever that means to you right now, however this message is hitting you, like, congratulations because you're alive and you're living in a particularly unique era right now mm-hmm. where We have opportunities to do do. things that we want to do and Mm -hmm. to honor our hearts, downsize your apartment, and be a fucking yoga teacher if you want. Like, you can do it. And we say this over and over. I just want to emphasize this one more time. We use a lot of examples of quitting our nine-to-five jobs because both of us have decided to do that and leave the corporate structure that may not look the same for you. You may absolutely die and love what you're doing. You may love teaching, but you fucking hate your principal. Right. You can decide to leave and go and find another teaching job where you love and you get to live in your passion. Like, same for engineering. You may have such a passion for renewable energy, but right now you're in the oil industry, and you're like, oh, I can't. I don't. It's so hard to transition to a new industry. That burning to change in corporate America happens too, and people yeah. get tied back specifically for money. Yeah. So if you decide to transition into a new section, just know that we're talking to you too. We're talking we're to We're not everybody. just talking to people, yeah, we're not just talking to people who are leaving corporate America to build their own thing. Like, mm-hmm. this is for corporate people too. Like, if you're not happy in your job, you find a new one. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that the longer you stay, like the longer people stay and the longer, oh, oh man, I'm so excited this just came up. Okay. Because the intuition and the heart are a muscle. It's a muscle. And so just like you would go to the gym to exercise your bicep, you must exercise your heart. Mm -hmm. Following your intuition and making decisions based on your heart, it's a practice. It's Mm -hmm. something that you have to continuously show up to do. And the more you mute it, like let's say you're 28, let's say you're 28 or 29 like me, and you've been making decisions pretty much your whole life based on over-analysis, like Mm -hmm. you're analyzing everything in your head, your intuition has been muted. You have been pushing it to the side Mm -hmm. saying, this isn't a big deal, I'm not listening to you, I'm not listening to you, I'm not listening to you, and I don't know how that's manifesting in your body, but I will say that it's a lot harder to start making decisions based on your heart and your intuition if you've never done it before. So just know those first couple decisions are the hardest ones. And then once you exercise that muscle, just like you would with your bicep, your capacity and your space for your intuition starts to grow and the fire ignites and the muscle builds and your bicep gets bigger and the (laughs) trust, the trust is there, Mm -hmm. right? So that's something too, is that, if this feels insurmountable for you, and you're like, "Oh, this sucks. What do you mean? This is gonna be so hard. I'm gonna die." It will feel like that, and then it won't as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Like then it just becomes second nature, just like over analyzing and making a spreadsheet would. Yeah. Not to that say that so... spreadsheets aren't great. Love you spreadsheets. Know, love yeah. spreadsheets. And it's just so important that when your intuition is asking you to do something, and when it's begging you to do something don't forget that your intuition and your heart are your direct connection to the universe. Yeah. Like if we want to get really spiritual with this, like we can talk science with your polyvagal nerve that goes directly into your stomach or we can talk spiritually. Mm-hmm. Your intuition is your greatest guide. It's your greatest teacher. Yeah. Imagine if we just followed our intuition all the time. Like I mean it's it's what I am currently practicing in my life, yeah. right? Like I have not been productive productive I'm doing air quotes At all for like three months. Yeah. And before that, I was killing it. I was really doing a great job with my business and posting and just pumping out content. And, you know, and I'm just in this trust phase right now where I'm like, well, shit, I'm following my (laughs) intuition and she's saying, slow down. Yeah. So we'll see. That is true. I want to go back to what you said about spreadsheet too. And this might actually really help people. I'm not like a meditate into thinking about the opportunities of life kind of person. Like I'm an avid list maker and that probably happened from engineering, but make a pro con list. And I bet you, if you actually look at the pro and con list, a lot of the cons are going to be society norm things mm-hmm. that your brain is telling you. And yeah. your pro list is going to be like have opportunity for happiness, meeting new people, like all things that will actually make you happy. So make a list. Yep. Lead with your heart. Feels so Nice. I think so. Feels so good. Let should we talk about something else that feels so good? We should. <laughs> we're gonna transition this from your heart space to your penis space. Wow. <laughs> blowjobs. Let's hit it hard with blowjobs. Blowjobs. <laughs> blowjobs. <laughs> we love to say blowjobs. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna flip it to something a little more fun and a little more dirty. A little more (laughs) of a blowjobs. Lauren, can you talk about your affinity for (laughs) blowjobs so we we talked about this last week but camille and i put up that little poll that's like who's more enthusiastic about giving (laughs) blowjobs and it was so funny because we both started cracking up about the word enthusiastic like i truly am enthusiastic about blowjobs it's this weird thing where i i actually love them it's like become it's almost like an oral fixation thing where i have to do it or else i can't be having sex how feels interesting terrible. and how wonderful for your partner. Yeah, I think it's good for him. Yeah. He loves it. In some cases, I think that we should start, number one, with what we always say about anything in sex. Which okay? is communication. Well, it's communication and also recognizing that not every person with a penis is going to like the same thing like I've been with many different partners and some of them would go crazy for some of the moves and others are just like well that's basically making me soft like it's not not their thing and I'm like yep like I have an ego about blowjobs because I think I'm good at them Uh right so I'm like yeah blowjobs I'm so good at this yeah some people just like I had a partner who didn't enjoy them at all and it, (gasps) it sucked for me no no pun intended. <laughs> I, didn't <laughs> like like camel I didn't like it. I didn't like it because it was yeah. like that's something for me that it turns me on to turn them on. Right? Like there's yes, a thing that's so but it good. It just wasn't their thing. So yeah. I do think, okay, also there's like a sexy way to go about asking how somebody likes it and yeah. not sexy. So okay. you don't want to be giving a blowjob and <laughs> being like, are you enjoying this? Like, <sighs> you know, I don't know. It's just. Yeah. I think you can do it really easily outside of the bedroom. Like, you can try a new move, and then, like, after maybe that night that you're eating dinner, you can say kind of in a funny way, like, okay, I tried something new. Like, did you like that? Yeah. Or during it, you can actually look at them, and I I said this in the last episode about the lingerie, yeah. but do you like this? Or, like... Mm-hmm. Show me what you like. Mm-hmm. It it there's a sexier way to go about it because like if you're going if your last partner like loved his balls grabbed really tight <laughs> and you go to do this to your next partner and they like Yay! almost pass out or <laughs> like screaming. It's gonna be uncomfortable for both of you. Yeah. So it's better to just get it up front yep. to see what they like. Yeah. And then you can begin. However, I think there are a couple moves that, that are pretty good. Everybody, like all around <laughs> well okay so one of the questions that comes up a lot is like i can't deep throat what do i do like yeah. i have the worst gag reflex that's actually me everybody you're not alone okay you have a ga- pretty intense gag reflex very much so like t- talk about it like <laughs> the dick goes down you're immediately gagging no i can go down but not all the way down okay but down way? far but okay. man Okay. It's pretty hard. (laughs) And yeah, I'd say I do have a gag reflex. Sometimes it's really, like, I'll be brushing my teeth and gagging. Yeah. (laughs) It's that bad. And then other times it's not so bad. It's not as bad when I'm drunk for some reason. Okay. Uh, Yeah, probably because you're just more relaxed overall. But yeah. I have, um, uh, (sighs) Lauren, what? Just say it. No, Camille's been, okay, Camille's been getting mad at me lately for talking too detailed about my sex life, so honestly, I'm nervous. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. No. This is different. I know. I'm, no, We're I'm recording. nervous. I'm nervous to talk why to you. Why don't you go ahead and tell me about it? <laughs> <laughs> I am this nervous. This is in an open forum. Okay. There is something that happens when you deep throat and you actually do gag yourself where your mouth gets really wet and spitty and it's like the best thing ever for blowjobs. So I will purposefully gag myself Mm -hmm. and like use that extra spit for the double handed Susan. The double handed Susan. Yeah. Which is... Or like for anything, right? Like I... Mm -hmm. Oh wait, I want to talk about too with blowjobs. I did not watch like porn growing up. I found porn when I was really young, but yeah. I didn't watch it. I didn't know what that looked like, mm-hmm. so I wasn't aware that like sloppy blowjobs were a thing. And I feel like they've become a little bit more popular. Maybe I, I don't know. It's like hit thing. It's right like now. the thing right now. So I would be trying to do like immaculate blowjobs, <laughs> it was so hard. And now I'm just like a whirling dervish of spit and boogers basically yeah. like it's disgusting uh-huh. but Shane loves it yeah. It's weird I'd have to say typically if it's dry there's something wrong yeah I don't know any anybody okay, so, who identifies demand okay liking a dry blowjob okay so let's start with that mm-hmm. like spit on it that's the number one thing. You yeah. need to get it wet. And if you're high or you're dehydrated, it's gonna be really hard. So you can ask him to spit in your hand. You can like use lube that doesn't taste like anything or mm-hmm. that does, mm-hmm. and kind of like warm it up a little bit with a hand job. I love hand jobs. I love to incorporate a hand. Okay, also. I feel like if the hands aren't incorporated, it's also not a good one. No. No, no, no. There's no, like, there's <laughs> no porn blowjob where they're, you're just, like, putting it in your mouth over and over and over. I mean, there is a time and place for that, of course. Right. That can be done for a little bit. But, like, the hands need to be incorporated. Yeah. Yeah. And the hands need to be incorporated in a way that is basically an extension of your mouth. I, what I like to do is I put my three, my pinky, my ring, and my middle finger around the mm-hmm. shaft with my thumb kind of resting on my, ch- between my chin and my bottom lip, mm-hmm. and then I put my pointer finger above my upper lip. Okay. And so you're basically doing like a, hey, oh, like if you're calling to someone and you put your hand around your mouth to yeah. call out louder, Yeah. It's sort of that, but Yeah. with the penis. But I, I like hook my lip. Mm-hmm underneath and use these three almost like an extension so yeah yeah okay it's really good and I'm just gonna say this this can work at any length so yeah you can do one finger you can do two fingers you can also pull your mouth off a little bit and incorporate the hand if it's not big enough for the mouth and the hand so size doesn't matter yeah size doesn't matter with this and also what I like to do is ask the guy that you're giving head to can you just show me how you masturbate so that I can do it like you do it because they know what feels the best for them and everyone is different everyone's different like some guys will masturbate only on the top of the head yeah some will masturbate on the base some like I don't know they do they masturbate both. straight up yes. some pull it back toward their bodies like yeah you have to ask because you do want it to be good. However, this is going to wrap into our other point. You're only doing your best moves when the person fucking deserves it. Yeah, like, I wouldn't gag on daddy's dick if daddy doesn't deserve it. No, you're not giving a top-notch BJ if they're not even going down on you. (sighs) Yeah, you're right. I don't think so either. Yeah, or if they're, like, I don't know, not treating you with respect outside of the bedroom. Like, if this is someone that you're trying to make fall in love with you by doing your best moves they do not deserve it they don't deserve no and because the thing is is that to give a blowjob even if you love it and you're like but I just love giving head and so I just want to give head it's like okay that's great I understand go buy yourself a dildo and practice because Mm -hmm. so like there is something I mean there's something powerful for the man to have you down there on his wiener when I'm giving head this is not going to be a joke. I'm saying this very seriously. I have never given head like I give Shane head. I hope he's okay, <laughs> talking, about this, or okay. talking about this. But the reason why is because I literally worship his dick. When I'm giving him head, mm-hmm. I'm imagining it as, like, my dick. Like, it's mine. And, and I'm worshiping doing, the dick. I'm worshiping it. And I think that's important, too. If, you, if this is something that is... If you're thinking about this, like, it's a very tantric idea is to, like, worship your partner's Mm -hmm. genitals. And, like, when I'm down there, I know I'm, like, doing the most ultimate work because it feels so good. Like, he deserves it. So, it feels good to perform that and to give that to him. Mm -hmm. So, in that case, the blowjob is just, like, a spiritual on a different level. The the blowjob is the cherry on top, in that case, of an already spiritual love <laughs> so but that's what I'm saying too is like if your idea of head is like ugh, let me just get this over with I have to do this before before we have sex mm-hmm. I would just question number one why is that your thought is the person you're giving head to deserving it because if you don't want to go down because you're like oh this is annoying qu- question that and number two maybe instead of being like ew this is something that I have to do and I hate it think of it instead as like this is an opportunity for me to explore my partner's body and to like worship his dick like even if you don't love giving head Mm -hmm. like go down there kiss his dick like kiss around it Mm -hmm. lick it like play with his balls touch Mm -hmm. his taint like do some stuff that just is nice I don't know I just I like it yeah I think it's Man, there's a difference between wanting to worship your partner because you guys have this beautiful relationship. And then when you're in a relationship and the dude's like, Can you give me a head? Like 24 7. Like, I feel like that's so bad. So I think it really is dependent on the relationship. And okay, 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 okay. Yeah. So here we are. We thought we were going to do a talk about blowjobs. And we are about how to do them good. But also, what if we talk about right now? Like, if your partner is constantly asking you to give them blowjobs and they're not doing you so solid in bed, like, if they're not making you come all the time and you're not having this like great passionate spiritual (laughs) sexual experience and this dude is asking you to give him head all the time girl bye like I'm sick of that I'm so fucking sick of that I'm so sick of that bye No I think that's literally all that needs to be said like you know if you're in a mutually beneficial delicious sexy relationship or if you're feeling burdened because they're always asking you and they're like and then you're like I'm not even gonna fucking come tonight. Right. You're just saying goodbye. It's not worth it. Yeah. I... You're right. It's just not someone who deserves it. It doesn't sound like it. If they're asking all the time, I don't know. I guess I've just never been in a situation like that. But I can totally put myself in that role. I guess in high school a couple times, people would be like, could you give me head? Man, I don't know if I've been in relationships like that. But I've heard of them. I've definitely heard of them. I've never been in one. No. No, but... But the people who I mean, respected me. I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean people didn't respect <laughs> me. I was doing some of my most A plus work on people that did not deserve it. And if I could go Same. back, I would take back all those blowjobs. Yeah, and when I'm looking back at the people, I'm like trying really hard to do A plus yeah. work. It was because I wanted them to fall in love with me and that's also a goodbye. Yeah. They just don't deserve that. Okay, we have a couple other just quick tips. Tips. Okay. Eye contact. Okay, blowjobs plus eye contact. Blowjobs plus eye contact. Eye contact can be very good and it can also be very bad. Okay. So my recommendation <sighs> is obviously you're not the whole, if the whole time the penis is just in your mouth and you're going in and out, like just in and out and out and out, unless that's what your partner loves, I would say maybe switch up the moves a little bit. So like for a little bit of time, kind of come up and do a hand job. That's when you can make some really sexy eye contact. Okay. I would say if you're down there and you're deep on it, there's a time to kind of glance up and do an eye contact move, but you're definitely not holding eye contact for a really, really long time. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Unless your partner likes that and it's part of, like, a dumb something, like, keep eye contact with me. But I just don't want you to break your neck. You know? I'm not trying to have you stream your eyeballs. Yeah, you don't want to break your neck. No, but you're I not going to be think, doing that. I do think eye contact is good and is hot... Every time I do eye contact, I end up smiling too because it's kind of like it's fun. hot. And I'm like, hey, it know, is like, hot, this this hot. Is what fun. I'm doing, and it's like, are you enjoying this? Um, Wait, I want to give a tip for the blowjob. B, the okay. person it's happening to. Okay. So, yep. Um, the blowjob recipient. Yeah, the blowjob recipient, the receiver of the blowjob. You're not gonna be just laying there, no. You're gonna be giving some grunting or feedback. Like you can do pretty much the bare minimum, but just make sure they know they're doing a good job. Yeah. I, and I feel the same way for, like, when, I mean, I understand that some people are quiet during sex, and that's fine, but there is something to be said for when someone's doing work on you, like, Mm -hmm. you can say, this feels so good, thank you, like, keep, keep doing that. I mean, there are just such few words you can do, just a simple moan, maybe a grabbing their arm, like, putting your fingers in their hair, like. It's just simple actions to know you're really appreciating it. Yeah. I, I did not know. know. I need to, like, it, it, the worst thing to me is total silence because mm-hmm. then I'm in my head like, geez, I'm. No, I can't stand the silence and it makes me nervous. It does. I think we're going to say one more thing too is, and this one's really embarrassing and hard for me, but. Spitting or swallowing. Spitting or swallowing. I cannot swallow. I can do it when I'm drunk, but I have a very particular thing with textures. Yeah. And to me, it tastes like an oyster. And I had... Honestly, this takes me back to when I was like eight years old with our aunt, and she took us to this oyster shop. Oh, yeah. And I chewed it and chewed it because I just don't understand (laughs) (laughs) and I remember (laughs) gagging and gagging and I swear my texture issues started there and even now so I want to say that you're not alone maybe you should address that not an EMDR that sounds like a trauma experience with A texture thing. No, it is. Honestly, it makes me gag every time I look at it. I can do it sometimes, okay, but there's, like, a hot way to go about it. You're not going to, like, do it and, like, and be like, you know, you can kind of do it and then slow, you just kind of smile with your mouth closed, and then you go to the bathroom, and you just <laughs> spit it out. <laughs> into See, the. Sink. I think it's worse to hold it in your mouth. Like, we were talking about this before the episode, and I'm like, Aww. honestly, I don't even have the opportunity to spit, because it usually, like, when, I don't know, I'm, like, still going for it when they're coming. Uh-huh. So it's, like, all the way down my throat already. Man, oh, That, it does. Like, move. it could... And I want to say I have a really, barely a gag reflex. Like, barely. Yeah. So when, when, yeah, it's just all the way down my throat. shout out. And also, man, I feel like this is kind of another thing. Like, if you actually can't do it, I feel like there's no shame in that. Like, if your person's like, why aren't you swallowing, just be like, that's so fucked up yeah it like is fucked that's up. so fucked up because you're like man and then you're really embarrassed and it's like and you just did the work and you just did the work like you're like cares. really you're yeah. like really I did that to you to completion and you're upset because I'm not swallowing it like if you can't do, do it, it because the texture and like someone like me where I will literally gag and potentially <laughs> throw up <laughs> because it is I'm so sensitive to I can barely even talk about you're it. You're making, my stomach is hurting. No, it's okay. It. But if your partner is shaming you because you're not doing that, it's also a goodbye. Oh, God. There's so I, much shit that happens to people where I'm just like, are I you ask, kidding me? I asked my current partner. Okay. Aka my husband. Okay. If that made him upset. And he's like, babe, why would I want you doing something that grosses you out? Like, if if you're not enjoying it, why would I like that? Right. So it's, like, that's the response your partner should have, not, like, man, quitter, because you spit. You know, it's, like, Oh, my God.
1: But that's just so much
0: shame. So much shame. so sad. I know. Okay, I think we've wrapped up BJ's, unless Lauren wants to roll through anything else, but... If not, we have three really incredible questions this week. Okay, yeah, we'll go into the questions, but I do just want to say that blowjobs plus, like, pressure on the taint action mm-hmm. can be really good. And yeah. it helps with, like, stimulation mm-hmm. for them, so you're not constantly trying to, like, do stuff yeah, with your mouth. And also, just a good blowjob is 85% a hand job. So just... Work mm-hmm. on your handy. I think this would be a really fun thing to answer some questions about. So, if the wolf pack has, like, questions or funny stories or something. Yeah. I feel like that, I feel like there has to be a round two to BJ's. Yeah. And also, we have to do one about going, how you how to properly go down on a woman. Yeah. A person, oh, my gosh. How to properly go down on a person with a vulva. Yes. hmm okay. 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 So, questions this week, and... I love the wolf pack. I love our wolf pack. You're getting more vulnerable with us and sending us some really incredible questions oh. and comments, and it's making me so happy. It makes us cry. So DM at the Den Mothers if you have questions to potentially be featured on an episode. So this is my first one. I'm just going to read the whole thing. Okay. Hello. I'm a new fan of the sex den. Thank, Thank you, you for writing in. I've been, been been listening to the episodes. We love you so much. I struggle a lot with getting out of my own head and letting things just happen. And so as you can imagine, orgasms are an extremely rare event for me. I'm working on getting more comfortable with self-pleasure etc to figure out what I like. Oddly enough, the best and most intense ones I've had are after I've been working out and I lay down on the floor as if I'm about to do sit-ups and then bam. Okay. Is this typical and where should I think about exploring this to continue To continue to perpetrate into my sex life with solo and a partner. Okay. It's so great. I mean, I love this question, especially because both Camille and I can totally relate with this. I have weird ways I can come. Me too. I can, like, basically sit on the side of something and, like, squeeze my legs together and come. Yeah. I can. Mm -hmm. Mine is, like, majorly in a sit-up. The reason that... Okay, so, biologically or I should say anatomically, the reason that that is happening Mm -hmm. when you're kind of in a sit-up motion is because you're flexing your pelvic floor and your PC muscles. And your PC muscles are the things that contract and release when you're having an orgasm. So Mm -hmm. the next time you come, just put pressure on your vaginal opening as you're coming, and just notice how your PC muscles contract, contract, contract. Like, that's mm-hmm. what you're, that's what's happening with your orgasm. For a guy, or for a person with a penis, that's what's happening when they're coming too, and they're PC- it's it's pushing out mm-hmm. semen, right? Yeah. So, um, that's why that's happening, and that's honestly one of the ways that I come to, is... When I'm having sex in missionary, Mm -hmm. I arch, like, I kind of hook my, my,
1: like, lower
0: abs, my pelvis up, and you, so, yes, I'm going to give her a tip, too, but when you kind of hook your pelvis up, and I'm almost in a crunch, like, my abs are, really ignited when I'm mm-hmm. about to come, especially mm-hmm. on the bottom, like she's saying, me too. like really ignited to the yeah. point where like they can almost be exhausted in that way. Uh-huh. So then I'll like relax, have them have sex with me in a different way and then come back to that position. But that's the best way that I come too. Yeah. Right so now. I would say 100% this is typical. Yeah. Any way a woman can come is typical. Yeah. So many people have the same experience. So missionary is a great option for you because you can Arch your back down into the bed and tense your abs, and that tensing up feeling, I have heard a lot of women that where you can squeeze, 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 and come that way. Yeah, yeah so people are like, how are we going to do that in the bedroom? I would say missionary is a great option. Yeah, and just, so one of the things, too, is like, if you're just being, so if this is the noise that's happening, that is... For me, that's a harder way to ha- to come. I can't do I can't come like that. Yeah. It has to be a mix of that and then like me holding on to his ass and like pushing my clit mm-hmm. in that like tightened um mm-hmm. uh tightened crunch position, kind of pushing my clit while he like grinds very slowly yeah, like yeah. back and forth mm-hmm. on on my clit. So another thing that really helps with this is to put a pillow under your butt. So it kind mm-hmm. of puts you in a crunch position so you're not trying so hard. And they have these little sex furnitures, like sex wedges, basically. Mm-hmm. And you can do this on the ground. You can do this on, like, on the sex furniture. Mm-hmm. It's re- I love it. I can't wait to get one when I'm not traveling. No, I think that's really great. And also... <laughs> Do your Kegels. If this is something that's really easy for you or like it helps you so much, you can lay on your back and do Kegels. You can – and by Kegels, that just means tightening up your pelvic floor. And most of you, if you're listening to this, the second I say Kegels, you'll start doing them. Like I'm doing them right now. Yeah, I know. I do. (laughs) I'm doing them right now. But um, focus on your pelvic floor because that seems to be where your orgasm is taking place. Yeah, by squeezing pressure mm-hmm. it seems like you need pressure which is a lot that's what I need mm-hmm. also and the squeezing does create pressure down there so totally typical another great position for this is you on top kind of s- kind of like when sliding, you grinding, back and forth yeah grinding back and forth but it's like because you can also tighten there in right. that position you can tighten but also just tell them hold it in there I actually really like that like when I'm having a lot of pressure down there I'll just say just hold hold it in there and if they hold it deeper and you can kind of squeeze yeah like for me my legs have to straighten out because it's like my whole lower body is tightening and that's that makes it easier to orgasm okay yeah Um, that's so interesting maybe I want to start straightening out my legs I love I can barely orgasm if my legs are bent really like very rarely wow yeah my legs have to be straight okay I need to try this because my legs are almost always bent I'm like in a ball so that's why my one of my favorite positions is doggy style but you're laying flat on your stomach yeah so it's a it's a prone situation because I can tighten my legs and squeeze and if they hold it in there and I also have some pressure on my clit area it's the perfect way to orgasm for me Oh, my God. Yeah, so those are just a couple. I'm orgasming right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay, so <laughs> I think maybe two more questions. Sure. Or we could just do, let's see how the one goes. Okay, we had someone write in that says their partner discovered how to make them squirt. Okay. And for them, it was a different feeling than coming. Mm-hmm. So essentially, like, is squirting and coming the same thing? And then, how to tell your partner? Well, it wasn't how to tell your partner, but basically, what my response was was you have to tell your partner that it feels different. Right. And claim what you love. So, their question was now that I'm squirting, my partner's prioritizing that because it's really fun and I'm not having these like clitoral like, yes, or um, penetrative yeah, orgasms. orgasms. Yeah, and this is something that I actually had a conversation... I, I get to have a conversation about this with anybody that makes me squirt. It's like, okay, that was great. And also, I still haven't had, like, my big climax. Yeah. Because for some people, their squirting and their orgasm are the same. hmm Like, they happen at the same time. So yeah. they'll come, and it's, like, the same feeling as if they weren't going to squirt. And some people can't not squirt. So yeah. they'll come, and it's squirt. Yep. Yeah. Um, for me... It's different. Like, mm-hmm. I can squirt, but it, and it feels amazing, and, like, it lasts a really long time, the amazing feeling, but it's a different orgasm. Like, I don't know, because I, I really don't know. It feels like an orgasm, but it's just a different orgasm, and it's not as much of a release. It isn't as, no, it is a release, but it's more of, like, okay, the way I would describe it is it's a release from pressure. When, mm. when I squirt. When I come, it's a release somatically. Like, my whole body feels a release. It, like, mm-hmm. rushes up through my head, down to my toes. It's like a whole... Um, a it's whole, a whole body experience. Yeah, it's a full-body experience. Yeah. So, what you have to do is determine for you. If it doesn't feel the same, then it isn't the same for you. Mm-hmm. So, that's it. I think that this is also something that's a little bit toxic due to porn yeah because they show that every time a woman's squirting she's making the same noises as right. when she's reaching orgasm. Right. so a lot of men think that squirting is like the highest orgasm you can get right because it makes the biggest right experience yeah you know so that's just simply not true right so can it happen in tandem yes yeah can it also be two different feelings? Yes. Yeah. So I would explore it alone. Yeah. See which feeling you like and then communicate to your partner. Like, they can do both, but you need the penetrative or quit stimulating orgasm as well. Right. Because that might be better for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's, man, this is going to be a long one today, but let's just answer this last one. Why not? Okay. I wanted to reach out and ask a question. I've publicly shared my advocacy for journaling and moving on from toxic people. I feel sometimes I become a guide for others who are in the midst of leaving or wanting to leave toxic situations. The first thing I do is just listen. Mm. And then I'll help them start journaling. I feel sometimes supporting them weighs on me. I care a lot about what they're going through and want to be there for them because I know that they don't have anyone. Mm. It triggers me though, and sometimes I feel slipping into old anxious ways and reliving my past experiences. Essentially, how do I separate your, how do you separate yourself from their trauma and your own past experiences and still show up for them? Yeah. This is such a beautiful, beautiful question because this happens so often when holding space for somebody else. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're holding big space like trauma, anxiety, mm -hmm. like when you're holding those kind of things that are like, wow, it's it's a lot on your energetic body. I will just say this, I am going through this right now because I have typically been the person to hold a lot of space for other people. And this is something where you get to exercise setting boundaries, energetic boundaries for yourself. So for me lately, it has been a lot of texting and saying, I'm sending you so much love, but I'm healing from a lot right now. And I do not, I don't have the capacity to hold space, Mm -hmm. but I love you and I'll let you know when I do. Yeah. And just saying something like that to somebody, if you're feeling like you're tail spinning and you can't handle anybody else's energy, you have to set those boundaries for yourself And kind of get yourself squared away, settle energetically in your body, and then maybe you can hold space for people again. But this is a self-love moment for you, especially if it's bringing up triggers. So that's my advice. I think you have a little different advice because you're a coach. Mm -hmm. So you do this every day. Well, so I think that something that happens, and I hear this a lot, is people will say, I'm an empath and I hold other people's emotions too. Like a lot of the things that I carry aren't mine. And one of the things that I want to address here is that you can be an empath and not hold on to other people's. Like you don't get a badge for being more or less of an empath. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I truly try to make a distinction between – Me being a subject of somebody's story, like being so enthralled in it that I am then a part of their trauma and being an objective space holder. And this Mm -hmm. is something that comes with time and a lot of energetic boundaries. It may never be a conversation with the person, especially if you are, it sounds like you're stepping into like a coaching role or helping people with journaling or something like that. But it's the idea of creating as objective an amount of space as possible and that doesn't mean that you don't cry with them that doesn't mean that you don't empathize with them but what it means is that you create a little bubble around you that is your sacred space mm-hmm. it's your sacred space and it doesn't it, it's harder to penetrate that mm-hmm. than it is if you're like I'm a big open space and here I am just like bring me into your story I want to ride mm-hmm. with you I want to cry with you Yes that feels fantastic and part of coaching is coaching yourself and is noticing like okay what what energetically am I feeling after a session or what energetically am I feeling am I bringing everybody's stuff into my body because that might not be good for you. Mhm. So trying to be as objective as possible is actually it's the it's what therapists do it's mm-hmm. the way that you can nurses have to do this and if they don't they get burnt out because mm-hmm. they're taking on other people's pain constantly yeah so it's working with energetic boundaries um my friend Amanda Bucci does a lot like writes a lot of content around energetic boundaries and I think she does a great job with that so I would check her out it is creating space and a little bit of like a A boundary. Yeah. Like you said, sis. Yeah. Have to set boundaries. Have to set boundaries. It can energetically drain you. And also having practices that help you before and after you're helping someone. So I like to, I don't do this every single time, but I really like to sage the room between clients. I also sage myself. I just say like... Please remove anything, like, after my day is over, please remove anything from my energetic field that is stuck to me that isn't mine. Mm -hmm. Like, remove things from me that aren't mine, that aren't mine to carry. Because at the end of the day, you're not doing anybody any service carrying their wounds for them. Yeah. You can, like, when I'm talking, when I do witchy Mm -hmm. stuff and, like, somatic witch, Mm -hmm. witch work, I will say, give me your pain. I can take it. Like, allow me to take the pain from you. Mm -hmm. But then I allow the pain to leave my body. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, the pain leaves me, too, because I let it out. Yeah. So, a lot of times it's making those energetic and spiritual distinctions of, like, you don't have to hold what isn't yours, and you don't have to hold anything that no longer serves you. Yep. Was that long? Beautifully said. That was long, but that was great. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay, perfect. And I think that that closes out episode number 13. Libra season. How exciting is it that we're going into our 14th episode and my birthday is October 14th? Yes, that is very exciting. How fun. I know. We'll have to do a birthday episode. So, mantras, blowjobs. Journaling, blowjobs. Yep. And and squirting. And (laughs) squirting. And we did And more. I liked the beginning of this episode. Yeah, me too. So, thank you all once again for joining the Wolf Pack. We love you. Do not forget to follow our joined Instagram page at The Den Mothers. Follow our personal pages at She Wolf Lauren and at Camille Misbach for other personal ventures. And we love you so much. We love you so much. We will see you next week for episode 14. See you for episode 14. Ow, ow, ow.